a new year full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Testing. One, two, three. Three, two, one. Testing. 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 Welcome to Empty Cross Ministries Bible Study. I'm Brother David. The name of the program is KJV Exposed. That is King James Version Exposed. Because we use the King James Version, we look at each verse, break it down, bring it to life, and expose the meaning. Today we're going to be beginning our study of the Gospel of John, chapter 4. And we're going to open up with the Jesus meeting the Samaritan woman at the well. Let's open up with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you do and all that you provide and the ways in which you do it. Father, open our hearts and our minds and our spirits to be receptive to what you have to teach us in these passages we're about to explore. Father, you are all-powerful, all-knowing, and ever-present. You know our hearts, our minds, and our spirits, Lord. We ask that you forgive us and we fall short of your glory, whether it be in word, thought, or deed. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross in our place for our sins and shortcomings. It's in his name we pray these things. Amen. All right, we'll get right to the study as soon as I get it pulled up here. This, once again, this is Empty Cross Ministries Bible Study, the Gospel of John, Chapter 4. We're just beginning in Chapter 4, and this is about the Samaritan woman. Verses 1 through 26 of Chapter 4. The story of the Samaritan woman reinforces John's main theme that Jesus is the Messiah and Son of God. The thrust of these verses is not so much her conversion, but that Jesus is Messiah. Look at verse 26. While her conversion is clearly implied, the apostles' focus centers on Jesus' declaration foretold in the scriptures. Verse 25. Important also is the fact 
that this chapter demonstrates Jesus' love and understanding of people. His love for mankind involved no boundaries, for he lovingly and compassionately reached out to a woman who was a social outcast. In contrast to the limitations of human love, Christ exhibits the character of divine love that is indiscriminate and all-encompassing. John chapter 3 verse 16. John chapter 4 verse 1 reads, When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John. These Pharisees opposed John the Baptist, but they were even more opposed to Jesus himself. By this time, word had filtered out to them that Jesus was baptizing even more than John. This angered the Pharisees. John chapter 4 verses 2 and 3. This starts out with the parent. Though Jesus himself baptized not, but his disciples. And that part of this verse ends with the parent. And the second part reads, He left Judea and departed again into Galilee. Let me read that whole these whole two verses once again without the, describing the parents. John chapter 4 verses 2 and 3. Though Jesus himself baptized not, but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee. We see here in parentheses that it was actually Jesus' disciples who were doing the actual baptizing. Jesus was preaching, and his men were baptizing. Jesus left these religious people of that day and went out to where his message would be more fully, would be more readily accepted. Jesus would go to the people themselves over the leaders of the temple. John the Baptist and Jesus had official scrutiny focused on them because of their distinctive message regarding repentance and the kingdom. Most likely, Jesus wanted to avoid any possible trouble with John's disciples who were troubled with his growing excuse me who were troubled with his growing popularity and since the Pharisees were also focusing on his growing influence Jesus decided to leave to leave Judea and travel north in order to avoid any conflict John chapter 4 verse 4 reads and he must needs go through Samaria. Samaria means watch mountain. This had been an evil city. Ahab built a temple to Baal. Elisha and Elijah had ministered in Samaria also. This became a city that Philip preached in. Several roads led from Judea to Galilee, one near the seacoast, another through the region of Perea, and one through the heart of Samaria. Even with the strong antipathy between Jews and Samaritans, the Jewish historian Josephus relates that the custom of, Judeas, of Judeans at the time of the great festivals was to travel through the country of the Samarians because it was the shortest route. 
although the verb had to or must needs go may possibly refer to the fact that Jesus wanted to save time and needless steps. Because of the gospel's emphasis on the Lord's consciousness of fulfilling his Father's plan, the apostle may have been highlighting divine spiritual necessity. For example, Jesus had an appointment with, the, with divine destiny in meeting the Samaritan woman to whom he would reveal his Messiahship. We see here that Jesus passes through Samaria. This Samaria is probably the country of which the capital is the city of Samaria. John chapter 4 verse 5 reads, Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. This and the next verse refer back to Genesis chapter 48 verse 22, where Jacob bequeathed a section of land to Joseph, which he had purchased from the sons of Hamor. When the Jews returned from Egypt, they buried Joseph's bones in that land as Shechem. This area became the inheritance of Joseph's descendants. The, pre the precise location of Jacob's well has been set by a firm tradition among Jews, Samaritans, Muslims, and Christians, and lies today in the shadow of the crypt of an unfinished Orthodox church. The term used here for well denotes a running spring, while in verses 11 and 12, John used another term for well that means cistern or dugout well, indicating that the well was both dug out and fed by an underground spring. This spring is still active today. The word Sychar means town of drunkards or town of liars. There is no record of a town by this name, so many believe it was John's way of telling the sins of the city of Shechem. This town is probably identified with the modern village of Askar on the shoulder of Mount Ebal, opposite Mount Gerzim. A continuous line of tradition identifies Jacob's well as lying about a half mile south of Askar. In Genesis chapter 33 verse 19, and in numerous other scriptures, it appears it is the land of Shechem. John chapter 4 verse 6 reads, Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. We see this then as about noontime, sixth hour. John used Roman time, so this would be about 6 p.m. In the flesh, Jesus would get tired, just as we do. He was weary from all this walking, and in his humanity would suffer from physical limitations. He sat down on the well to rest. We read about Jacob having this well dug in Genesis. John chapter 4 verse 7 reads, There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. Jesus here is speaking to a woman of not very high estate, 
because she is drawing water. Jesus is a Jew, and she is drawing water. Jesus is a Jew, and she is a Samaritan. For a Jewish man to speak to a woman in public, let alone to ask from her a Samaritan for a drink, was a definite breach of rigid social custom, as well as a marked departure for the social animosity that existed between the two groups. Further, a rabbi and religious leader did not hold conversations with women of ill repute. Verse 18. Jesus asked her for a drink so that he might bless her. John chapter 4 verse 8 reads, and this is in parentheses once again, for his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. This tells us a few things about the disciples. They had money to buy with. They were not totally without funds. Jesus does not just make food appear every time they get hungry. When they can provide for themselves, he lets them. This verse indicates that since Jesus and his disciples were willing to purchase food from Samaritans, they did not follow some of the self-imposed regulations of stricter Jews who would have been unwilling to eat food handled by outcast Samaritans. John chapter 4 verse 9 reads, Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews had no dealings with the Samaritans. Had the disciples been with Jesus, this conversation between Jesus and the Samaritan woman would have been harder. The disciples would not have wanted her speaking to Jesus. Notice also here that Jesus is where we are so that we might receive him. Let me say that again. Jesus is where we are so that we might receive him. This woman was aware that the Jews thought themselves better than the Samaritans. She knew that many of the men of Samaria thought of women not too highly either. So she brought that up also. Jesus had a great deal to do with women. This was no barrier to him. Just as the churches in most of the cities of the U.S. today are about 75% women, a large part of Jesus' followers were women, then including all of the Marys. Martha, Dorcas, Joanna, Susanna, and many others. Luke chapter 8 verses 2 and 3 mentions some of these women who helped Jesus. John chapter 4 verse 10 reads, Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The Old Testament is the background for this term, which has important metaphorical significance. In Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13, Yahweh describes the disobedient Jews for rejecting, Yahweh decries the disobedient Jews for rejecting him. The fountain of living waters, the Old Testament prophets look forward to a time when living waters will flow out of Jerusalem. 
Look at Zechariah chapter 14, verse 8, and Ezekiel chapter 47, verse 9. The Old Testament metaphor spoke of the knowledge of God and His grace, which provides cleansing, spiritual life, and the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. John applies these themes to Jesus Christ as the living water, which is symbolic of eternal life mediated by the Holy Spirit from him. Verse 14 and chapter 6, verse 35, and chapter 7, verses 37 and 39. Jesus used the woman's need for physical water to sustain life in this arid region in order to serve as an object lesson for their need for spiritual transformation. The gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ. We see from this that it is necessary to know who Jesus is before we can receive eternal life from him. The living water, this living water, is the gift of the Holy Ghost. This water that springs inside of us never stops flowing. Jesus is telling her to ask and she will receive if she believes. John chapter 4 verse 11 reads, The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? This woman, like so many of our modern day church members, can only see the physical. She rationalizes that the well is deep and he has nothing to draw the water out with. John chapter 4 verse 12 reads, Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? She is claiming to be a descendant of Jacob. Jacob through Joseph, through Ephraim, would have been the chain. What she doesn't realize is that Jesus was before Jacob and in fact is Jacob's God. John chapter 4 verses 13 and 14 read, Jesus answered and said unto her, unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. This is the water of the Holy Spirit of God. There is a song called, There is a River. It says in this song that this river flows from deep within. Water spoken of in many places in the Bible means the Word. We see here then that Jesus is offering to her the water of life. She had been looking at the well of Jacob, which brings water to quench the fleshly thirst. The water Jesus has is water of the Spirit. John chapter 4 verse 15 reads, The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. The woman, like Nicodemus in chapter 3, verse 4, did not realize that Jesus was talking about her spiritual needs. Instead, in her mind, she wanted such water in order to avoid her frequent trips to Jacob's well. Jesus had told her in verse 10, if she asked, he would give her this water. 
Here she asked. She is like many Christians who believe Jesus' gifts are to make our flesh feel better. Jesus' gifts are of the Spirit. John chapter 4 verse 16 reads, Jesus saith unto her, Go, call thy husband, and come hither. Since the woman failed to understand the nature of the living water, he offered, in verse 15, Jesus abruptly turned to the dialogue to focus sharply on her real spiritual need for conversion and cleansing from sin. His intimate knowledge of her morally depraved life not only indicated his supernatural ability, but also focused on her spiritual condition. This does not mean that her husband would have come for her to receive salvation from God. It just shows us that Jesus knows she doesn't have a husband, and he says to her to get her to re he says this to her to get her to repent of her sins. If you will, he is activating her conscience. John chapter four verses seventeen and eighteen read The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband, for thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. In that saidest thou truly. She was living conjugally with the man who Jesus said was not her husband. By such an explicit statement, our Lord rejected the notion that when two people live together, it constitutes marriage. Biblically, marriage is always restricted to a public, formal, official, and recognized covenant. Jesus knew all this about her before he ever began speaking to her. The wonderful thing to me in all of this is that even though her sins were scarlet, Jesus offered salvation to her. He accepts her penitent heart when she says, I have no husband. John chapter 4 verse 19 reads, The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Jesus' knowledge of her life indicated that he had supernatural inspiration. John chapter 4 verse 20 reads, Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where man ought to worship. Both Jews and Samaritans recognized that God had commanded their forefathers to identify a special place for worshiping him. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 12 verse 5. The Jews, recognizing the entire Hebrew canon, chose Jerusalem. The Samaritans, recognizing only the Pentateuch, noted that the first place Abraham built an altar to God was at Shechem, Genesis chapter 12, verses 6 and 7, which, over, which was overlooked by Mount Gerzim, where the Israelites had shouted the blessings promised by God before they entered the Promised Land. As a result, they chose Mount Gerzim for the place of their temple. We see in this that this woman's people only believe in the Pentateuch, or the first five books of Moses. For her to see that Jesus is a prophet is more than her people will accept. They, that is the Samaritans, did not accept the prophetic, the prophetic books of the Bible as truth. Abraham and Jacob had built altars in this area, 
but they have been off and on with true worship. We see that she is aware that the Jews thought Mount Moriah should be where God's temple should be. For special celebrations, Jews from all over Israel came to Jerusalem to worship. Passover was one of those occasions. I need to stop here real quick and get a drink. John chapter 4 verse 21 reads, Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. There was no reason to debate locations, since both places would be obsolete soon and neither would have any role to play in the lives of those who genuinely worship God. Jerusalem would even be destroyed with its temple in 70 AD by General Titus of the Romans. In a very few short years, about 40, the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed. This has been Empty Cross Ministry Bible Study. I'm Brother David. Once again, the name of the program is KJV Exposed. That's King James Version Exposed. Because we use the King James Version, we look at each verse, break it down, bring it to life, and expose the meaning. Let's close out here with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time to explore your word. Once again, open our hearts, our minds, and our spirits to be receptive to your word. Father, be with those that we have elected to represent us in our government. Open their hearts, their minds, and their spirits to be receptive to your word, to your laws, to your decrees, and to your ways, that we might live peaceable lives. Father, be with those who are suffering from any kind of illness, whether it be physical, mental, emotional, or spiritual. Just put your healing touch upon them. Father, be with those who are facing the loss of a loved one. Make your presence known to them in ways that only you can do, in ways that they can see, hear, feel, and understand, Lord. And let them know that that peace that comes upon them is your peace, that peace that passes all human understanding. Father, thank you for all that you do and provide. Thank you for the beauty of your creation. Father, we know that you are all-powerful, all-knowing, and ever-present, Father. We ask that you forgive us when we fall short of your glory, whether it be in word, thought, or deed, Lord. And when we yield to those temptations and trials that come our way, just reach down your holy hands and pick us up and help us to walk upright in your sight. Once again, Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross in our place, that those sins that stain our spirits are wiped away forever. All those sins, past, present, and future, are gone. They are covered by the blood of your son that was shed on the cross. It's in his name we pray these things. Amen. Folks, stay safe, be blessed, stay in the Word, and keep the Word upon your heart. And tune in next time as we continue our study in the Gospel of John, Chapter 4.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.